Because when I'm speaking, if I'm constantly judging, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Should I do it right? That's not what I plan to do. If we're doing all of that in our head, we're not completely 100% focusing on what we're saying. The world around us is changing faster than ever. We hear people say, everything's a blur. And when we're living in our little self, a self in survival mode, a self that's living out what others believe we should do or who we should be, we compromise our joy. We put limits on ourselves and how we show up day in and day out. We believe we all have a big self and pursuing it is holy work. We also believe that most of us let fear persuade us not to pay attention to it. So we stay in this vicious cycle between fear and entrapment that keeps us playing small. But when we combine an insatiable curiosity to know our true self with the courage to share our innate gifts with the world, we get closer and closer to our big self. It is our delight and pleasure today to have on Matt Abrahams, leading expert in communication with decades of experience as an educator, author, podcast host, and coach. He's a lecturer in organizational behavior at Stanford University's Graduate School of Business. He teaches some popular classes there. He is the author of a book that is literally being released as I speak right here and on the day of this podcast release. It is Think Faster, Talk Smarter, How to Speak Successfully When You're Put on the Spot. And I think you'll find it fun that I actually get the name wrong, but I don't edit it out. I accept my uh, flaw in being able to say it. And you know, that is the way it goes, especially when we're talking about speaking spontaneously. Enjoy the conversation. Looking forward to hearing how everyone enjoys it. Matt Abrahams, welcome to The Big Self Show. Chad, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Well, it's a it's a delight. I am so happy to have you on. Um, not only do I think you're going to have a lot to offer our Big Self audience, but for me as well, little selfish motivation here. Uh, who gets some anxiety in certain cases um, before presenting to some kinds of groups. We'll bring that up in a minute. Uh, As though we begin to dive in, let's begin with that question that we ask our guest here at the beginning of season five, which is, Matt, when you first hear the term, the expression, uh, big self, what what just comes to mind? What ideas or thoughts do you have? Well, a lot of my work is spent helping people be more confident and compelling in their communication. And when I think of big self, I think of presence, showing up, taking space, allowing for people to hear your ideas, your thoughts. So to me, it's all about being present, showing up, taking the opportunity that's before you. Well, I love that connection. And thanks for drawing that a little bit, because Uh, You know, a lot of our work at Big Self School is about transformation. We're a coaching 
coaching school and we're we're all, we're a lot about doing the inner work and sometimes though that inner work needs to show up and what is the outer impact and you know and okay and well so to that point you know mm-hmm. you write that um one thing you hope your book think smarter talk faster no <laughs> think faster that. talk smarter yes oh boy okay um <laughs> One thing, your book, Think Smarter, Talk Faster. Did I get it right? I'm getting them confused. Fast than smart. Think faster, uh, talk smarter. Wow. What a lesson right here. And <laughs> it's all, all right. right. I make mistakes all the time. I screw it up too. <laughs> One of the very things that your book talks about uh, is this idea that, you know, you're going to myth bust the idea that speaking well on the spot requires natural talent or or is innate and i think this is a commonly held belief so how do you myth bust that can you explain Absolutely. So in the book, Think Faster, Talk Smarter, I I walk through a methodology that can train people to help them feel more comfortable and confident speaking in the moment, answering questions, giving feedback, making small talk. And it's really predicated on the notion you're highlighting. Many of us feel like I'm just not gifted in that way, or it's something that's unattainable for me. And I absolutely 100% am here to say that is not true. We can all learn to be better more effective communicators in the moment. It takes really two major aspects that we have to focus on. One is mindset. And I know you do a lot of work around mindset. There are certain mindsets that we can take that open us up to the opportunity that speaking spontaneously allows us. And then by leveraging specific structures, message structures. So it's about mindset and messaging and message structures in essence, give you a roadmap that allow you to successfully navigate through these particular situations. Okay. That sounds fascinating. Uh, Let's first of all, let's break down sort of this difference between what you refer to as you, you say spontaneous speaking is much more than just thinking of it as public speaking. Mm-hmm. Why, why is, why is it important to differentiate and, and what is that difference? Thank you for the clarifying question. So to me, there are planned formal communications or meetings, presentations, pitches, where you actually know in advance that you're doing it. Uh, You should prepare for those. You might even practice that. That is challenging. Uh, There's a lot of coursework, a lot of coaching, a lot of learning that can go into doing that. And that's very, very important. I've spent a lot of my career helping people with high stakes communications like that. But when you think about it, Chad, most of our communication isn't that way, both in our personal lives and professional lives. It's spontaneous. It's in the moment. Things happen and we have to respond. You're at a dinner and your boss turns to you and says, hey, you know that person better than the rest of us. Would you mind introducing everybody to that person? Uh, You make a mistake or a faux pas and you have to fix it in the moment. Much of our communication is spontaneous. And while similar, there are similar similarities in what you do planned versus spontaneous. There are some unique features of spontaneous situations that we have to focus on and learn how to handle better. 
Well, this is very true. Like, for instance, me reversing the title of your book, Think Faster, Talk Smarter. There, I got it. You uh, did it. I, I I love it. Thank I you. I don't just have to edit that out. I can I can take it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, you know, I, okay. So let's talk a tiny bit if we could about this anxiety that we sometimes get. It's so funny. Like there are certain ways in what, you know, I've been a college professor myself Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's many different, uh, contexts in which I will just speak in front of people and not even give it this a second thought. I do have like, but so there is, there's one situation which to this day, uh, causes me some anxiety. Now I can tell a little bit of a backstory, like as well as like, so there is actually, there's be, getting on a podcast does not make me feel generally too anxious at all. I do have a story of like, I was in a startup and I was do we were doing a podcast. So that's where I was kind of learning how to do it. And it was going really, really well. It was like in the, the freight and tech industry so mm. well that they said, we have a chance to be on Sirius XM, do a radio show. Will you be a co-host for it? And I was like, would I? This is so exciting. Yes, let's definitely do it. And every time when they started doing the countdown, 10, you know, one minute, I would get so nervous that I just, it got in my head. It started working on me. And for the first nine or 10 of those episodes, I was like visibly nervous and I eventually calmed myself down by doing a little meditation before. Mm -hmm. But, and so that worked for me in that context, but I still have one, Matt, that I can't, I have not able, have not conquered. And in a couple of days, it's going to come, it's going to come up again. It's introducing myself, you know, those like classes you join and, and it's going around the circle. And I, I just want to, I just wish I could go first, like you by your alphabet, your name, AB has often been able to do. But so I'm about to be in a couple of days, I'm going to be in a group of 45 with 45 leaders in in Chattanooga. And I'm going to have to introduce myself. Can you give me a technique? Absolutely. So so first, congratulations on the success of that podcast and the fact that you're in a fifth season with this one. So you're doing something right. You're doing something right. So uh, introducing ourselves is very challenging. I certainly know. Uh, As you alluded to, my last name is Abrahams, A-B. I always knew where I was going to sit in class, even some corporate events. It's always alphabetical. So a lot of my life has been spent speaking spontaneously because the teacher or the person (laughs) facilitating the interaction will always turn to the person sitting in the front left corner. And that that was often me. So I, I get it. When it comes to introducing yourself, first and foremost, I agree with you. I think going around the room introducing yourself is hard for many people, and I personally don't do it. If I need people to introduce themselves, I will pair people up. I'll have them talk to somebody else, and then I have each person introduce the other person. So your job is not to introduce yourself, introduce the other person. And for so many reasons, that's better. Um, When you introduce yourself, I encourage everybody not to start with, hi, my name is. I want people to start with something that allows you to show your personality, to to explain or demonstrate an emotion. So when I introduce myself, I'll say something like, I'm somebody who's really passionate about communication. My name's Matt Abrahams. I teach at Stanford's Graduate School of Business, host a podcast, and I'm an author. So I start with something 
that is provocative or demonstrates my passion, my interest. And it, you know, 99.9% of the people don't do that. So it certainly stands out. It's certainly memorable. And it's something that, that we can feel more comfortable with because it's true. It's something we care about, something we're passionate about. So I'm not saying give a whole list of your, your LinkedIn profile of the things you care about. Simply start with something that, that you find important to you that might be of value to the people in the room that you're in. Then say your name. It's important to say your name. People need to learn how to pronounce the names. Uh, people need to hear your, your, um, your way of pronouncing it, but also just your voice if you have an accent or anything going on. And then share a little bit more about yourself. Very quick. And I think that can be really, really helpful. That technique, I'm using it. I'm going to use okay, it. Okay, there I'm you go. <laughs> Let me know how it goes next week. I want to hear how the other 44 people in your meeting respond. Oh, thank you. I will. Uh, I will try. I will. I will <laughs> if it goes well, right, I'll let you know. Okay, so uh, I hope to hear from you then. <laughs> uh, well, you also, so you write that listening is an important part of spontaneous speaking. So, um, well, how can you become more attentive in your listening? Yeah, so listening at the as I have done more and more of this work over the decades I have worked with communication, it is very clear to me that listening is a critical component, if not perhaps the most critical component to effective communication. Mm-hmm. For, no, if for no other reason, listening allows you to understand what's important for your audience in the moment. When it comes to listening, especially in spontaneous speaking situations where things are happening in the moment, you really need to pay attention in a way most of us don't. Most of us listen just enough to understand the gist of what somebody is asking and then move on to judge, evaluate, plan what we want to say. If I am going to effectively respond to your in-the-moment request, be it a question for feedback or whatever, I need to really understand what is needed in the moment. Let me give you an example. Imagine, Chad, you and I walk out of a meeting And you turn to me and say, Matt, how do you think that went? I might immediately hear, okay, Chad wants feedback. Boom. I start giving feedback. But, you know, here are all the things that didn't go well. Here are things we can do better. But if I would have paid better attention and listened in a more detailed way, I might have noticed that Chad actually exited the the back door of the room, not the front door. When he asked me for feedback, he, he didn't sound like he normally does. He was a little slower, a little less affect in what he's saying. Maybe what I would have realized in that moment is what you really needed wasn't feedback, but a little bit of support and encouragement. But I missed it because I wasn't listening in a full, committed way where I'm paying attention to your words, how you're saying the words, where you're saying those words. So listening is absolutely critical. So how do we do it was your question. I learned a a great technique from a colleague of mine at the business school. His name's Collins Dobbs, and he teaches high stakes in communication skills. And he has a methodology he teaches, which is called pace, space, grace. And I've adapted that for listening. The first thing we have to do when we have to listen well and intently is slow things down. We are all so busy. We have lots of things going on. Mm-hmm. You have to slow down. The second step is you have to give yourself a little space. Maybe you're in an environment that's not conducive to listening. So you have to physically move. Maybe you need to move closer into somebody to hear or to connect or maybe take a step back. 
And then you have to give yourself some grace. You have to give yourself permission to not only listen to what's being said to you, but but what's being said within you. What's your instinct and response to what you hear? And by taking a little bit of pace, space, grace, you can become a better, more attentive, nuanced listener. Well, that is very helpful. And, you know, and I've been uh, in my journey, you know, I like, I remember um, when I was in seminary brief, brief for those three years when I was exploring going into that vocation, I didn't feel comfortable just giving a sermon. I felt like I had to really, really script it. Mm-hmm. And even in the beginning stages of this big self podcast, you know, leading up to having a guest on, we would script those questions and make sure. To, and th- and over the years of practicing coaching and practicing interpreting body language and really listening to what a client is saying, it's helped me develop the skill of like, hey, I'm talking to interesting people. And it's like, let me. Let's just have an unscripted conversation. And it does require, I like that pace, space, space, and then the grace to not necessarily get it all right the first time. That's pretty cool. Well, uh, tell us about your framework, the the six steps of the sure. Talk Smarter uh, method, if you could. I don't know if that's too big of a question. I well, I'll break it down. I'll name them, and then I'm happy okay. to go deeper in all of them. So, uh, the the six steps divide into to two uh, essential processes. First is mindset. You got to get your mindset correct. Uh, the first step of that is we have to manage anxiety. As you mentioned, anxiety looms large for many of us in both our spontaneous and planned communication. The next step has us understanding that we. Striving to do things right and judging and evaluating everything we do actually gets in the way of our ability to do it well. So we have to reframe the goal. The goal is to get it done and achieve success at that level rather than being perfect and doing it right, whatever right is. We then have to look at the situation. Step three is about reframing. Many of us see these spontaneous speaking situations as threats or challenges. You know, if somebody asks you a question, we feel like we have to defend our answer and our position. Instead, I like people to think of these as opportunities. These are opportunities to connect, to extend, to expand, to demonstrate your humanity. Fourth is we really need to listen. And we talked a little bit of listening, space, pace, grace. We then transition away from mindset and get into messaging. So the second thing that is really helpful once you've got your mindset straight is how do you package up your information? We all know people who ramble on and on and on or are discovering their answers as they're answering the question. If you can Mm -hmm. package information up to be tight, clear, and concise, it can really help. So the first step of the messaging part is the actual structure or framework you use. And then the second part, of the messaging is we have to be focused. We have to be clear. We have to be concise. And so the book itemizes those six steps in the first part. The second part of the book is examples of very specific situations many of us find ourselves in, having to apologize in the moment, navigate through small talk, um, introduce ourselves or give a tribute. So the book is designed to be a handbook that gives you some of the practical tips and ideas with activities for you to do to practice. And then the second half is really about situations you might find yourself in and what you can do about them. Well, my wife would love to hear me get be more structured and focused. <laughs> so would mine. <laughs> um, 
So, so the structure part just kind of, does that necessary, is that the spot, is that related to the spontaneity or is Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So, so when you, so I believe structure is incredibly important in all communication. Any Mm -hmm. communication can benefit from structure. And by structure, I don't mean overly architecting it. I mean, Mm -hmm. we want to avoid lists and bullet points. To me, a structure is just a logical connection of ideas. In fact, it's interesting. You talked about your seminary experience. Uh, In preparing for the book, I interviewed lots of people who have to speak in different types of situations. I I interviewed a seminary student, and he said when it came to sermon writing, which is planned, it's not spontaneous, uh, that they followed a structure. And, And I said, what's the structure? And he said, the structure is me, we, the, we, me. And I said, tell me more about that. He said, well, you start a sermon by talking about an issue or challenge you have, me. You extend it or expand it to the congregation, the we. You talk about what the deity or or higher power refers to. That's the the. And then whatever that reference or idea or learning or teaching is, you then bring back to the congregation and ultimately end it or land it in what the value means for you. So there's a structure there. That's what we mean. It's a logical connection of ideas. When we speak spontaneously, we have to figure out what to say and how to say it. The, spon- the, the how to say it part is the structure. So if I'm pitching something, let's say I'm pitching a business idea or a solution that I have, a very famous structure that many people know intuitively or maybe explicitly is problem, solution, benefit. I identify a problem mm. or a challenge you might have. I explain my solution and how it fixes that problem and then the benefits. Watch any advertising you see on television or even any magazine or anything you read. It's typically problem, solution, benefit. Here's the problem. Here's how we solve it. And here's the benefit. By structuring content that way, you give yourself a recipe or a map that makes it easier. Now, all I have to do is think about what do I put into the structure? I don't have to think about how am I going to say it and what I'm going to say. I've halved my burden and it makes life so much easier. We all need to remember that to give ourselves a little bit of structure. In fact, it yeah. kind of reminds me of a uh, of your point that you make in your 2018 TED Talk, yeah. uh, where you go, where you say, "What is it? Um, what now? What so what? Almost, almost. Although you can put it in that order, I, I teach it as what so what now what so now what right? Yeah, okay. you you talk about what it is you're so. In fact, Chad, I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm answering most of my questions in that structure. So when you Mm. ask me a question, uh, I give you an answer. That's my what. I then explain why it's important. That's the so what. And then I encourage people to use it or get people to think more about what they could do with it in the future. That's now what. So by simply in my mind saying what, so what, now what, I package (laughs) up my answers and I leave it to you and your listeners to decide if I'm doing it clearly and effectively, but that's the benefit of a structure. I know how I'm going to answer your questions. So I encourage everybody to think about how they can bring structure in. I don't want to get too meta on you, but I answered your question about what, so what, now what, by using what, so what, now what. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so what could you go deeper into the four key mindset shifts that can help with spontaneous uh, speaking. Certainly, certainly. So when it comes to anxiety management, there are really two approaches to take. There's dealing with symptoms and sources. So a symptom is what happens to you. So when I get nervous, I perspire and I blush. What happens mm-hmm. for you, Chad, when you get nervous? What goes on in your body? 
uh, I definitely have shortness of breath. Right. My, right. my mind gets really rapid and highly self-conscious. Yes. Very good. That, that happens to most people. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so all of us have our own little idiosyncrasies, but many of us breathe fast. Many of us get very flustered mentally. We sweat, we perspire. These mm-hmm. are normal and natural and they're things you can do to address it. And, and one is simply take a deep belly breath that slows down your heart rate. It slows down your rapid breathing, helps you focus. Uh, in my case, believe it or not, holding something cold in the palms of your hand cools you down, which reduces the sweating and the blushing. So there are very specific tactical techniques that I talk about that you can do to mm. manage anxiety. We then have to remind ourselves that there is no right way to communicate. There are better ways and worse ways. So striving to be right, this is that second phase of mindset shift gets in the way of us being able to do it at all. Because when I'm speaking, if I'm constantly judging, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Should I do it right? That's not what I plan to do. If we're doing all of that in our head, we're not completely 100% focusing on what we're saying. So we need to actually focus on just getting it done. I have the audacity to get in front of my Stanford MBA students and say, strive for mediocrity. Yeah, my students are just what? What do you mean? They've never been told in their entire life to do that. Right. But the logic is this: if you focus on just getting it done, just do it, then you actually can focus all of your mental resources on doing it well. So the full saying I say is: strive for mediocrity so you can achieve greatness. Mm. So that's step two. Step three is again: many of us see these circumstances as very anxiety provoking and we have to be defensive. When you ask me a question, when you ask me to introduce myself or give a tribute, I feel like I'm being put to a test. This is a crucible that I have to survive. For sure. And if I do that, my answers are going to be short. My responses are short. My tone is curt. But if I see it as an opportunity to share, to extend, to expand, if I'm introducing you to set you up for success, if I'm uh, talking about a tribute to a team, it's about honoring those people. If I make it into something positive, then I'm going to be much more expressive and expansive and collaborative in my tone. And then finally, we, as we mentioned, you have to listen well. There's so much nuance in our communication. And if you miss the subtleties, then you might respond in a less effective way. So by taking these four steps and working on them in the book, I itemize them and give activities for everybody to do so that you actually experience doing these things. Because like any habit, you have to build it. And you, the only way to build it is by practicing it. That is so true. And I also, actually, one thing you haven't even mentioned, which I thought was so useful from from your TED Talk, um, and I think you mentioned it in your book as well, but that is just like greeting anxiety. Just just say, hey, hey, anxiety, I I see you. (laughs) I'm going to meet you. you. Yeah, so... Uh, this comes from the world of mindfulness. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with it. Many of your listeners are. In mindfulness, we're taught not to run from your emotions, but to embrace your emotions. And, and in this circumstance, when it comes to anxiety, rather than beating yourself up for feeling anxious, which, by the way, is very normal, up to 75% of people report feeling nervous in high-stakes situations of, around communication. So you're totally normal to feel anxiety. Embrace it. Say, this is anxiety. It makes sense. I'm nervous. I'm doing something that's important to me. And by doing that, we actually defang the intensity of the anxiety. And we can then do something about it. We can take a deep breath. We can walk around the buildings. So greeting anxiety, as awkward as it feels and sounds, can be incredibly liberating. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm I'm using it. I'm going to use that too. Good. Um, let's see. I, okay. As really just a kind of a final question. It's like, well, what if you're working in this environment, a company, wherever it may be, where they're resistant to this idea of just spontaneity, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, is there a way to help your company embrace the model? So that's a big question. And, and I, I would feel, I, I feel badly for anybody who's in an organization that doesn't uh, recognize that most of our interactions are spontaneous. It's not fully scripted, but I do appreciate that the term uh, spontaneity can be scary because spontaneity sounds like it's everything's unplanned, unscripted, no strategy. And that's, that's not it at all. In fact, the central tenet of the book is that you can prepare to be spontaneous and in fact, need to prepare to be spontaneous. So if you find yourself in circumstances where people are frowning upon or not supporting being spontaneous, two things I would suggest. One is to, to work to define what you mean by spontaneous. We're not talking randomness. We're talking about allowing for the free flow of information and ideas in a well-structured and respectful way. The second thing I think, and I encourage all of my MBA students and people I coach and teach to to find small little areas where you can work on this and demonstrate it. And people will begin to see the success. You know, when you attend a meeting and you allow for a little spontaneous brainstorming or dovetailing off other people's responses, you start to see how a flywheel develops where things all of a sudden get faster, better, more efficient. Ideas become more more of them. And, and then you can take a step back and say, hey, when we loosened up a little bit and allowed for this spontane- spontaneity as I define it, things actually improved. And then from that proof point, you can then expand it out. So I do think there are things that you can do that can really help. Wow. Thank you so much for these ideas. They're both they're they're both practical like techniques as well as like ways to literally work on on ourselves uh, in order to get better. So I I really appreciate your generosity of time and just sharing these ideas with us. Could you tell us about your, your podcast, not just your book, Think Faster, Talk Smarter. Tell us about the podcast. I really appreciate, uh, Chad, your time, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Think Fast, Talk Smart. So I, I'm not very creative with names, apparently, but uh, I, I've been for about three years the host of Think Fast, Talk Smart. is a podcast that is sponsored by the Stanford Graduate School of Business. It is all about communication. It is very practical and tactical. I speak with experts from around the world and around the Stanford campus who focus on how to help people communicate better. We talk about topics from negotiation, to influence, to how to be more creative in the communication that you have, managing anxiety, all of this. Episodes are bite-sized. They're like 20, 25 minutes each. And, and we're hopefully providing people with tools that they can use to be better. Well, I can't wait to check out some episodes myself. And yeah, it's fun to be in the podcast uh, community and yes. share the love. So thank you so much for sharing of your time, Matt. Thank you very much, Chad, and keep up the good work. I I appreciate what you do. We are all about big ideas and how to integrate them to live a more sustainable life, to open up your learning, level up your self-awareness and consciousness, and move from surviving to thriving to flourishing. 
And I think what Matt Abrahams has shared with us today is a way to consider that life is not always scripted, that there's going to be a lot of in-the-moment moments where we can generally be prepared, we can have a structure to a response, and it doesn't always have to be scripted. And so to that extent, it might often feel like it's spontaneous. He also talks about good listening, and I think that's a huge takeaway. And I think he has a number of structures and processes to keep top in mind, not only to be able to speak more spontaneously, maybe reduce a little anxiety, but also just to be more clear and just generally more prepared in what we're trying to communicate with others. And you know where to find us at thebigselfschool.com. And of course, join us at the Burnout to Big Self Facebook group. All of the links that you need to find us are in our show notes, and we will see you next time.